it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Here we go. Two days in a row. Two days in a row. Welcome in to the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. All across the great state of Mississippi. I'm Matt. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday. Beaver is here. Thank goodness. And you're here. we got a reason to have a show. Thanks for, uh, thanks to you. Appreciate you tuning in however, wherever, whenever. And uh, I hope you'll be a part of the show. I'll give you those numbers coming up. On the country-pleasing text line, you can shoot me a text uh, there at that number. I'll give it to you if you don't know it already. You can call me. we got the Divinity Equipment phone line wide open. Can Sort of anything on this Tuesday you want to get into is cool with me. Now, I will tell you, we had some interesting goings-on at the College World Series. Talked about it a little bit yesterday. No, we don't have, unusually so, we don't have one of our teams in it this year. But... Man, there have been some phenomenal games, including yesterday and last night, <clears throat> setting up what it you know is set up to be some some more incredible games today and tonight. I'm I'm really excited about it. So, results and previews and high drama at the College World Series coming up. But we'll hold on to that for a minute, and here's why. If you listen to this station, like if you keep it on all day throughout the morning, uh, the show that comes on previous to this one, the Chuck Oliver show, I uh, was on Chuck's show earlier today, and he he talks college football like year-round, and uh, he was asking me some questions today on June the 20th, <laughs> albeit about Mississippi State's offense. All right, now I got a thought on that, but here's the thing. It sort of started to kind of maybe flip the switch for me just a little bit. I think we are inside of what we're at about 73 or 74 days away from the first football game. It's getting close. And with that said, one of the things on this show that kind of injects a little college football energy as much or more so than anything else, and this has been proven in the past, is a little JSU sonic boom. Roll your windows down. Drive around. Turn it up to 11. And see if you turn any heads. That's what we're going to do today for two hours. We're going to talk out the side of our neck. Now, I, I don't know even know what that means. And once again, I do think it's always appropriate to hit the reset button and let LSU fans know they believe that their band in Tigerland is the one that started this whole thing. No, this belongs to the Sonic Boom, as do several other things.
<laughs> Good gracious alive. I mean, it didn't break the glass. That's what I'm talking about. Man, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood is wet, as they say. All right, so get on in here. We're gonna. I am going to relay to you uh, how I, I started thinking about this college football topic, and then my thoughts on it. That's all coming up. And you can weigh in. I hope you'll text me on the country, please, and text line. Here's the number to text the show. It is eight eight five. 3776. Got it? 601 number, 885 3776. A good way to remember it is uh, also 885 ESPN. That's another way to remember the text line that'll help you. Uh, so shoot me a text that way. That's uh, one way to be on the show. Another way to do it is call me at this number, 995 1059. Got it? 601 number. 995-1059. That is the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact. Now, now think about that. It means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divini. So uh, call me there. 995-1059. I'm Matt Beavers here. We are rips, roaring, ready uh, to go. Let's take it with Beaver. Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt Wyatt. Been a while since you heard some Sonic Boom, hasn't it? It has. You for it or against it? Uh, I mean, I could go either way. I okay. certainly didn't miss it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Not necessarily again it, as they say. You know okay. what? I will say this. Uh, okay. All right. What I'm against is the the whole spirit of the sonic boom that Deion Sanders has tried to steal okay. and force into Colorado. Now, that's trash. Really? So, tell me more about this. Oh, he has specifically gotten with the band and wanted them to play more like the swack bands. Really? More like the sonic boom. And I'm like, that's, that's not Colorado. That's not what they do. No, it's not. Also, you ha- you mentioned this show yesterday, uh, and I didn't get to tell you, but you referenced a thing you had seen. It's it's Deion Sanders, Colorado, the pregame. Yeah, pregame. And that's yes, what it said. It said it was a YouTube thing or something? Yeah. Well, if you notice, D is spelled T-H-E-E. And the oh, graphics wow. are in black and gold, Colorado colors. But where where is that stolen from? Yeah, that's Jackson, Jackson State. State. Wait a minute. The I love. You're kidding me. Okay. And, and somehow I might have missed that then. Maybe I just misread. But you're telling me that the pregame show, and he's doing it at Colorado, and he spells the word the, the as in T-H-E-E, like he did at Jackson State? Mm-hmm. Wow. Why would he even? Why would he be doing that at, at Colorado? Because he has no shame. I mean, like I'm trying to think of some way you would justify that, Beaver. And you know, I'm thinking, okay, is it a, 
you know, changing the name of, is it a copyright thing? But I mean, but no, none of that's, you're right. I mean, it's almost like a, Hey, I came through there and that was yours, but now it's mine sort of deal. That's bad taste right there now. Why would he do that? And if you're Jackson State, it's a, I'll just put it this way. It's a real shame if, you know, the T-H-E-E being synonymous with Jackson State, if it's something you had not trademarked where you could protect it. Because if it were, you could simply get your lawyer to call them up and say, hey, you better drop that. <laughs> you know, it's trademarked and protected. Um, but again, I mean, to go to Colorado and, do, and then the other thing, yes, okay, I didn't know that either, Beaver, but to to go and try to get the Colorado band to, I don't know, copy or emulate the JSU Sonic Boom, I mean, first of all, you're not going to do it, period. It ain't happening. They can try all they want to, but it's just not happening. Yeah. Oh, my. I'm glad you told me, but I almost wish I hadn't heard it. I'll put it that way. I almost wish I hadn't heard it. How about this text from Daniel in Madison on the uh, Country Pleasing text line at 885-3776. Apparently, Daniel was at the drive-thru in Risland at the bank when I started playing the JSU Sonic Boom and he he turned it up, he was listening to the show, because he says a guy at the bank drive through in Risland just gave me the thumbs up during the Sonic Boom. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I didn't know it was going to open that can. I had no idea until Beaver told me. But you tell me, first of all, Deion Sanders has gone to Colorado is trying to get the Colorado band to play the same stuff and in the same style as the JSU Sonic Boom. And now he's stolen the word THE with two E's for his stuff at Colorado? What is he doing? We can't have it. <laughs> we can't have it. Daniel's sitting at the bank drive through Daniel, was it a guy in line next to you, or was it someone working at the bank that gave you the thumbs up? I'm just curious to know. All right, here's another thing I'm curious to know. I would like your takes on this. Earlier today, just a little while ago, in fact, that's why it's on my mind. Uh, Chuck Oliver on the Chuck Oliver show. I uh, uh, did a quick interview on his show, and he was just asking, you know, kind of perusing SEC stuff and asking about um, Mississippi State's offense coming up this fall. And in a portion of that conversation, I said, you know, right out of the shoots, because of you know, it's a it's a warranted question. What is that offense going to look like? Is it going to be a total flip from the air raid into you know what it's going to be going forward? Is it going to kind of slowly morph into it? This first year in the transition, is it going to be a little bit of a, I don't know, a you know, combination, a combo of a lot of air raid stuff that they've been doing that he can run, uh, that Will Rogers can run, and as well as the new stuff, a new run game and all. And we saw a little bit of that sort of a, just a, a mix of the transition into the newer offense uh, in the spring. And, and what I said was because 
Those are the questions. Then the first few opponents for Mississippi State this fall out of the gates, their defensive people may have a little bit of a tougher time deciding, okay, how do we scout State going into the year? What film do we watch? Do we watch air raid film of Will Rogers a year ago, or do we not watch that at all? Do we strictly watch what little bit we have from them in their spring game and maybe watch Barbe and his offense at App State? Well, here's a problem with that. See, and this is, this is the reason I didn't – I'm not giving you a word for word my answer on Chuck's show. What I basically said is it may be hard for those first few opponents – because week to week, the offense may look a little different week to week in the first three weeks of the year as they execute some things, add some things, or whatever. Does that make sense? You know, the insinuation is, yeah, you're transitioning into a new sort of offensive scheme and that maybe you don't show all your cards in week one against Southeastern Louisiana. You know, that anyway, that was sort of what I was saying and that was sort of the context. And Chuck sort of bristled at that a little bit. And his comment was, I don't know how smart it would be to, you know, to hold out or hold stuff back uh, in, in those early games. And, and here's the thing. Number one, as it pertains to kind of what I'm, I don't know how it came out. But I, I know as it pertains to what I was saying, I'm right about schematically and stuff like how it will sort of work in regardless of what it is State's running in those first two, three games, of the difficulty for the defensive staffs on the other side in really zeroing in on what it is they're going to scout and study. Okay? I know I'm right about that. But then I tried to clarify with him, I'm, I'm not, and I wasn't saying with him that I feel like it's the best thing for, you know, State to have this offense that they don't really unveil it until week two or week three against LSU, you know, pr- particularly week three when they host LSU. And prior to that, they open against Selah and then Arizona. That's not what I'm saying. And yes, there is an, an element of State's offense this fall. I mean, we're basically two and a half months away from it. State's offense this fall has got to be ready, you know, coached up and ready to go out of the gates, period. And, and that's the case for anybody, whether they are or not. The goal is to be coached up and ready to fire out of the gates on, in game one, and you're ready to go. But, you know, to the point that I was making, it is to State's advantage with a new offensive coach and new offensive philosophy. It is to State's advantage to have some things in their offense that they can execute and can do that they don't actually use it. And it may be a play. It may be four plays. It may be a certain formation. It may be running the same stuff in different But certain things that they don't actually put on film in that season opener. Does it, I mean, do you all see what I'm saying? And I think that's the point I was making, trying to make on Chuck's show. He, he, did, he sounded like he didn't really agree with me on that. But what I'm saying is, you know, State is opening the season at home against southeastern Louisiana, CELA, a competitive, you know, FCS team, right, from Louisiana. 
Well, week two, you host Arizona, who has an excellent athletic quarterback coming back who made big jumps this past year. And you had to play your tail off to beat them at their place last year in Arizona. And then week three, you host LSU at 11 a.m. So my point is, you've got to be able to go out and beat southeastern Louisiana the first week and not run everything you're capable of running offensively. Right? I'm not saying that State is Alabama, okay, or Georgia, and can basically call the same three plays over and over and just go out here and and slog their way to a season-opening win so that you don't put anything on film. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's just smart, isn't it? If you go through fall camp, and there are certain parts of your offense that, you know, are definitely going to be a part of your offense, but maybe you whittle those things away in week one and you're trying your best, you're just going to hang on to that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and I think that's the reality. It's not a slight to southeastern Louisiana. It's just a, a nod of respect to Arizona and then LSU coming in there in week three. And certainly you're not going to like – well, I mean, maybe you would, okay, if you were a coach and you were so confident that my guys have this offense so down pat that that we get we're gonna we're gonna hold half of our game plan what would be our game plan until LSU in week three. But that ain't really the reality. The only point that I was making was that season opener. You are making the transition. It's gonna be your first game out of the gates, and everybody looking at officially not spring, not practice, officially what this new offense is gonna look like for state. Okay. But it's southeastern Louisiana in the season opener. You got Arizona week two, LSU week three. If you are, if you are, if you have that offense coached and ready, you're not going to go through the full playbook in week one. You're just not. And on top of that, here's another thing that points to sort of this deal of when you have a coaching change and a philosophy change that. Even after you've played one game, Southeastern Louisiana, it can still be tough on defensive coaches for Arizona and LSU to scout you in those next two to three weeks because you can, and they know you can, add things and change formations and snap counts and looks that are not on film anywhere. They're not on film from State's offense last year, and they are not on film with Barbet's offense at App State last year. It's like I said, if you're, let's just go to the first game. If you're Southeastern Louisiana's defensive staff, what film are you going to study going into that game? Well, you're certainly going to watch the spring game that was on TV, but how many plays did Will Rogers run? And it was spring. You had two weeks of practice or three before you ran those plays. So you can watch that all you want to, but after a full summer and a full fall camp, is what you saw in the spring game going to be indicative of what the offense is? Barely. It's certainly not going to be full. Okay, so what are they going to watch? Is Selah's defensive staff going to watch film and scout Will Rogers in the Mississippi State offense from last year? Not really. Because it was the last true air raid offense, and it probably went away with Coach Leach. And they know that. Are they going to watch 
Barbe's offense strictly from Appalachian State? Well, maybe not, because how similar is last year's App State quarterback to Will Rogers? I got news for you. They're not similar at all. <laughs> so what are they going to watch? So you have an advantage if you're state. For the reasons I just stated, for other teams looking at you trying to prepare their team to face your offense. And if you have that advantage, you need to hang on to that advantage and figure out some way to hold on to that advantage through the first game and going into the second and third game. That's all I'm saying. It would just be smart. So, you know, no offense whatsoever to Chuck. I really like Chuck, and I love his show. And, you know, and I'm not always right. There are people who disagree with me who they are right. But in this case, this is not a situation where you, you are – this is not a situation where you are some fledgling thing and you got to bring the whole playbook into week one or you can't beat Selah. That's just not it. That ain't what this is. And anybody who thinks that's what this Mississippi State team is is not giving State enough credit. <gasps> I know. Oh, that's a shocker. Somebody in Georgia or Alabama not giving State enough credit? Yeah, shock, horror. But if that's what they're thinking... Then they're not they're not evaluating the state team very well at all here in the, in the summer. More on that and more on your texts coming up as we get started with you here on this Tuesday. I'm Matt. Stick around. You know, and I guess there is also an element of, you know, new new coaches, new staff, new look, new schemes. You you do want to really build confidence and play well in that first game. You want to score points. If you're state, obviously that's anybody. You know, yes, you do, and and so because momentum really means something in football, and momentum in a fan base too. You know, it means something. I get all of that. But I, th I think the point that I think maybe the best way to word it that I could is when you've gone through a coach change, a scheme change, and you are transitioning like that, you are an unknown. That's being an unknown and there not being a ton of film out there that opponents can use against you, you must, if there is a way to hang on to that advantage into those second and third games also, being such big games at home against Arizona and LSU in week two and three, then you do it. Now, again, I mean, I'm not... It's obvious if you are in that first game and it's southeastern Louisiana and you're not moving the ball or the or it's a way too tight of a game, it's a... You know, it's a touchdown game or something like that within a score, a one-score game in a fourth quarter. Okay, and you got something here you know is going to work. It ain't like you're going to hang on to it in that situation. Man, use it. we got to score points. I get it. 
I'm not even saying a scenario where you withhold, you know, 50% of your offense. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying how whether it's certain things from certain formations, whether it's a certain personnel package, if if you if you can go win that game, two scores, 17 points, whatever it is, and hold on to that stuff, um, go ahead. It's an advantage. Hang on to that advantage. And, and everybody in the country, early in the year, you notice they spring new trick plays and new things that we haven't seen in those first few games, knowing that a team that has studied you has studied all the stuff that's out there on you and they hadn't studied this. And, you know, that's just that's part of it. Not everybody can do that when you don't have the personnel and you got maybe an offense who's struggling to run your basic stuff. I mean, there are teams who are like that in the early part of the year. That's why I said you sort of uh, threw out a disclaimer out there like, if they're coached up and this veteran group's healthy and they're ready to run this stuff. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. Um, David and Brandon text the show, country please, and text lines, 885-3776. Another way to, another way to, Remember, it is 885-ESPN. David and Brandon text the show, and he says, I don't think State or Ole Miss are good enough to waste rep opportunities. Shouldn't hold anything back. Be what you are. That's from David and Brandon. Joe Mailman says, he says, I knew that stuff from 10 to 12 wasn't spot on. <laughs> well, a lot of times they are. You know, and they're very good. Chuck's very good at what he does. Um, unnamed texture here said, Matt, outsider looking in, but I like Arnett. I've said for many moons, we need a head coach with emotion on the sidelines. You can speak to this better than me, but we haven't had that since Jackie Wayne, somebody who will chew your ear, chew your rear end after a dumb block in the back or a punt return TD. He says, I don't want the position coach doing it. I want the general doing it. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're going to – what, didn't Zach get a penalty or two? Seems like I know he got one, didn't he, or a warning. or yeah, I think he got a penalty. for he, He's letting them have it a little too much during one of the ball games. Yeah, emotion is never going to be something that you have to squint to see with Zach. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona. Arizona, Texas show. <clears throat> he says, I think State's offense is going to struggle early, eyeballing that week two game especially. But it should be better later on. He says, I like getting away from the air raid, big picture. But for all involved, to be more balanced, less predictable. Definitely can't be trying to do too much in any of those early games. On top of not wanting to show too much, you don't want to get anyone hurt in week one. Doesn't make sense to throw the kitchen sink at Selah. He says, another reason it's wise for State to hide what they're doing week one. He says Arizona plays very similar offense to Barbets almost every week out here. He said it wouldn't be a stretch to assume they'd spot keys that much quicker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a, you know, there's there's a, 
there's actually more agreeing here than disagreeing. I mean, like what Chuck said. I mean, yeah. And like what David and Brandon said, game reps are different than practice reps. You know, they are invaluable. They're the most valuable thing you could possibly get in terms of experiences. Game reps against another opponent. It counts. It matters. It's going in the record books, and you got all these people watching. Well, so no, you're not going to waste those. And so week one, certainly what you would consider a base part of your offense, the stuff that's your bread and butter that you're executing the best is going to be your go-to, your, you know, your, your guts of your identity. you got to rep that like crazy that week one against that first opponent if that's who you are. You just have to. Patches texts the show. He says, hey, Matt, we agree and understand you. He said, Oliver is an Auburn grad. That's all that needs to be said. He's a little slow. <laughs> don't let Chuck. I, didn't, I don't think I realized that, that he went to Auburn. I had no idea. Uh, Blitz, Bulldog Blitz, Texas show. He said, I probably missed out on the new pitching coach talk. And we did some of that yesterday. Blitz. He says, I'm trying to find a way to be impressed, but I just can't. I'm pretty sure Lamonis was turned down by the Oklahoma State guy. I think Lamonis will be gone midseason next year, and then everyone will get mad that we didn't fire him this year. Well, Blitz, I mean, you know, I don't know. My thing is, I, you just got to wait and see. I mean, there's that's all you can say about it. You, you put your trust in a guy like Lamonis to have connections in the baseball world, which he does. You put your trust in him to find a guy that's going to match the situation and the needs that he has. He's gone and hired this one. This guy has plenty of experience. He's been good before. You just we got no choice but to rest on that until we start watching him next year. And I'm de- telling you, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Okay? And, like, I'll, I'll be honest – I, I looks good to me. I mean, he's coming from an SEC school. He's got that experience. He obviously has recruited there. He's coached there. Very competitive. It was a super regional deal. He knows it. Okay, so he's been through that stuff before. On paper, resume, everything else, it looks like a good hire. But the reality is, and he would probably tell you this, Lamonis would probably tell you this, but the reality is that's, that's one step in the process is you find the resume you think fits, and then we got to go – Make it work. And I just go back to this, Blitz. You remember when State hired Joe Moorhead as the head football coach? Do you remember how overwhelming the positive reaction was? In terms of winning a press conference, has State ever hired a coach that was more of a press conference win than Joe Moorhead? Maybe Ben Howland. Remember when State hired Ben Howland in basketball? And everybody's like, how, how, how did they get Howland? How did State get that guy? This is incredible. You know what I'm saying? Just overwhelmingly positive. Winning the press conference. Ooh, and, and on. And, and sure enough, you know, everything you see from our local media yesterday on the hiring of the pitching coach was, it was all positive. You know, Lamonis hit a, I saw that language, he hit a home run with this hire. And he couldn't have done it. He couldn't really have done a better job. And all and that may be 100% true, but like in the case of Moorhead, it wasn't true. How are we going to know? There's just, you have an opinion, I have one, the media has one. Everybody voices their opinion after a hire, that's great. It's all based on a resume. 
Does resume translate? About 50% of the time it does and about 50% of the time it doesn't. Which one is this going to be? <laughs> I mean, there, there's a reality in it. Uh, Blitz said, I guess I should say I don't think he's a bad hire. He said he's probably very good. He just didn't make the splash I was hoping for. See, and that's the thing. For Based on everything I just said, Blitz, talking about the pitching coach at State, I was not looking for a splash hire. I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> I've seen the splashes that it just didn't work out. And then you've seen a lot of them that they're the opposite. You just don't – I don't know how you know. And that's the thing, okay? <laughs> I realize that I'm standing here talking on a radio show. Okay? I am in the shoes of media. I get it. And media's got to do something. Media has to write something. Media's got to talk about something. And we kind of have to have opinions, or at least be honest about what our opinions are. I get all that. But I'm just saying, nobody knows. The people right now who are talking about what a great hire it is, they don't know any more than the ones like you who are saying, I don't like it. Nobody knows. At this point, no one is right and no one is wrong. The reality is, okay, that's the hire. It looks pretty decent to me. Now go to work. Talk to me next April. I'll tell you how it's going. There it is. That's reality. All right. More texts. Your calls coming up. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right, back with you. Several different subjects going on in today's show. It's fun. Um, Bulldog Blitz, we're talking about the pitching coach thing. He said, I don't disagree with anything you've said, particularly the part about splashes being overrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, isn't it, isn't it funny how things come and go in terms of what's in and popular and like in vogue and versus what isn't? You know, there was a period of time there where I don't even know for what reason, but a period of time over the last 10 or 15 years where winning the press conference seemed really important for everything. And and maybe it was the recruiting angle on every hire you made for different things. Maybe, I, I don't know. But it just doesn't seem as important now. Um, you know, whether it is or isn't. Uh, you know, again, uh, the reaction yesterday from everybody was, man, this is a big splash hire. You go get a pitching coach like that from an SEC team that was – their staff was really good, and they were a super regional team. And you hire them away. And, but, but my take on it was, well, I mean, ultimately, whether it is or isn't a splash right now, whether you write 10 articles over the next 10 days and even get national attention, okay, for your pitching coach hire, well, ultimately, so what? <laughs> I mean, what it's going to boil down to is who are your relationships that you can either recruit and sign or get to transfer in there and sign, number one. So, player acquisition and then 
the work you do from now until the season starts next year is all that matters. The work he has done really doesn't matter other than how it plays into his experience. You see, I'm, I'm sort of just looking at it from an old guy, feet on the ground, reality standpoint. Somebody goes, splash higher. Well, so what? I mean, to what end? Because I have, I have seen just as many examples of quote-unquote splash hires that weren't <laughs> when it was all said and done. And, and the inverse of that, hires that everybody went, who? By the time it was over, you're like, oh, we, we struck gold when we hired that guy. Yeah. Well, it goes, uh, see, we still get pulled into it, though. And it's like people covering it just, I don't know, I guess you won't get a click if you just say, hey, they made a good hire. Now the real work begins. <laughs> I mean, I guess you won't get enough clicks. Um, somebody texted the show and said, Steve Robertson said that he was a great hire other than getting the coach at Wake Forest. He, he said it was just about as good as he could do. Uh, according to Steve, and I know Steve keeps up with I think Steve broke the news. Two of the hire. He might have been the first to break that yesterday. J-Rock texts the show. Said the new pitching coach looks great. But you're right. We're going to have to see. He says, but I really believe if he turns this existing pitching staff around, it will be an unbelievable coaching achievement. Well, and that's why I said, you know, they could use some arms, right? Some competition. And some arms in the transfer thing. Maybe they don't. I, you know, we'll see what they do. I agree with you, though. A lot of work to do. The biggest thing, too, don't you think, J-Rock, is, you know, we can talk about who throws with velocity and who doesn't, who ought to change their delivery and drop it down, who's comfortable pitching this way, who's got to change up, who doesn't. Who can get swings and miss with a breaking ball versus who's got the high spin fastball? You can figure all those things out, right? But ultimately, we got to train them up to a point that if I put them on the mound, they throw strikes, right? Okay, well, he didn't have the best stuff, so he gets hit, all right? Well, he's in the strike zone. At least they're having to get on base instead of I'm putting them on base, <laughs> right? I mean, that's going to be the first step. Throw. Strikes, competitive in the strike zone. I mean, at that level, see, that's what I'm saying. Let's get in the strike zone. We can figure it all out from there. I mean, because at that level, hey, I can't throw a strike without them hitting it. Well, then you don't need to be here. <laughs> we can find somebody who can throw it in the strike zone and not get hit all the time. That's kind of what you're talking about. Easier said than done. You have work cut out for you year one between now and the spring? Sure. Yeah, you do. State grad 98 texts the show, says he thinks Parker is a splash hire. Maybe so. Maybe so. That's the thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just getting older. Me, I'm to the point, I don't care if it's a splash hire or not. Like, what do I care? One, I didn't hire him. I don't know baseball like Lamonis does. Lamonis has forgotten more baseball than I will ever know. So, based on that, I trust him. <laughs> okay, first of all. Secondly, 
Well, I care if it's splash hire. It doesn't matter. Because none of this really matters until February anyway. That's when you're going to start to see. Between now and then, it's up to them. Is that a stupid way to look at it? I know. Maybe it is. I'll just accept it. Jason in Flagstaff says, I don't think people realize just how close State was to being pretty good this year. He said, it's not going to take an absolute miracle to get enough out of these pitchers to win another 10 SEC games. Then what? He says, you're in the big tournament, maybe hosting those days. Well, okay, and what I would say to that, Jason, is I, I don't know that I'm quite to the level of being completely on board with everything in that statement. But what it is, is you're going to go from one year to the next. So everybody you had this past year who were new faces and stuff, outside of Ledbetter, who's on to the next level, everybody else is going to be a year older, a year more experienced, another year offseason, another year of weight room, another year in the Cape, coming back. Now they, guys like Dakota Jordan have now seen it all before. So there's a jump for you right there, just from an experience standpoint. And then... And then lastly, last year's pitching staff wasn't close. They just weren't. That's just the reality. Pitching staff and everything, whether it be coaching or development or guys or talent or whatever the case is, pitching staff last year wasn't close. Just not even close to what you've got to be. So, but if we fast forward next year, combination of the whole bunch is more experienced guys grow up some emerge new coach fresh blood in the room you know showing us new things or training in a different way taking a different approach whatever that is yeah you do have a chance to make a jump yeah you do have a chance to and if you make the jump 10 more sec wins than you did have well you and i both know that in this league that's really significant and you you had 10 wins absolutely you're hosting so I, that part of it I would be on, on, on board with. Yeah, Louvier says, there is no defense for a base on balls at any level of baseball. That's it. I mean, you know, pitch to contact. They may hit it out, but they also may pop up. Junior 49 said, Matt, it's not recruiting anymore. It boils down to who has the most money. On most of these kids today, Freeze was labeled as a big recruiting genius, but he was buying players back then and finally got caught. That's from Junior 49. Now, I, I would say, yeah, recruiting, it's more hiring, isn't it? It's more like a hiring process <laughs> than it is a <laughs> – maybe, you know, recruiting at least in the sense that the way it used to be defined is, is, maybe, not the, uh, is maybe not the right word. We can get on board with that. State grad 98, Texas showing, says, um, do you think Kellum will be back, be Kellum Clark, or sign with whoever drafts him? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know the specifics, you know, of his situation, but I would hope he comes back, you know, high, tri high pick out of high school, and the thing is, he, for for. For three years, but particularly for the last two. You know, the last two he's been on bad teams. He's so talented. And he just looks to me like a guy who is right there. He's about, he is a frog's hair from 
boom, and you have that Brent Rooker type of year. He's that kind of talent. He is. At, from the time he was a true freshman, 21, you know, he hits the home run in Omaha. But go to BP back then. Everybody's like, man, it sounds different off his bat. Yeah, it does. He, he's just always looked like a guy who was just, especially these last two years on bad team, he's just right there. And in, in that one little step, and boom, he could go be first-rounder. There ain't no question. But, again, I don't know the specifics. Real Unnamed Texter said, I cringed when the OS, Oklahoma State pitching coach was mentioned they were destroyed by Oral Roberts and Dallas Baptist in their own regional. Speaking of, Speaking of uh, Oral Roberts, what did they do last night? What's today? Tuesday? No, they play today, don't they? Yes. So Re- Oral Roberts and TCU are just getting started. It is a rematch of the first game of the College World Series in which Oral Roberts upset TCU. It is an elimination game. Winner stays Loser goes back home. And then tonight, 6 Central, elimination game between LSU and Tennessee. Intense. And I don't know if the team that you think has the advantage may not in that one tonight. All of that and more coming up in Hour 2 in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around for that.